Hello and welcome to another episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. This is your host Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And on Simon Says Let's Talk Business, this show is all about best practices, all about high-performing professionals in business. And we learn how to sharpen our skills. We learn how to put into play new ideas and concepts. We share best practices here. And we get to know really smart people, which is cool stuff. And I'm excited today because we've got three great guests today. So y'all are going to want to listen carefully, take some notes. And at the end of each segment, look for their contact information so that you can engage with them on the ideas and any next steps you want to take with these folks. And as always, we'll conclude the show today with a sales tip in our Ask Al segment. So today we've got Gil Madrid and Jonathan Shaw from Ermi LLC. Welcome, guys. It's great Thanks to be here. Us. And we've got Callie D'Angelo with the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Callie. Thank you, Al. Excellent. So let's start with uh, Gil and Jonathan, Ermi LLC. So, okay, so y'all work on range of motion, right? I mean, this is the, your thing. As you, you're founded by an MD, and you're talking about patients that have to regain their range of motion. That's it, right? Well, that's, that's pretty close, Al. Okay, well, why don't you fill us in. Gil, why don't you start? You know, talk about the investments you make in, in your company and human capital and, and, and what you do, really. Yeah, super. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I think you said it. We, you know, we, we, what we'd like to say is that we rescue folks that are suffering from range of motion issues postoperatively. And that sounds pretty esoteric, but really it's quite simple. A certain percentage of folks, just despite all their best efforts, they don't get better after surgery. So uh, let's just say they get a uh, ligament injury in their knee right. um, and they're doing everything they can. They want to get back to work. They want to get back to life. We like to say, you know, they want to get back to living yes. and um, they struggle for all the right reasons or all the right wrong reasons. It doesn't really matter. They yeah. struggle. And what we do is we, uh, we try to bring in therapy that is very, very effective. And Jonathan will talk about it in more detail shortly that um, is um, in some ways a miracle because we can uh, help folks uh, get back to work. So that, that's what we do. And we've been making tremendous investments to try to make ourselves better. And I think that that's really important is, uh, you know, we want to get better as a company. We want our people to be better. And we're willing to make the investments necessary to do that. It's not hope. It's hard work. And you're nationwide, right? We, we, we're we not in all 50 states. We'd like to be in all 50 states, but uh, we're working on that. We doubled the size of the sales team in 2019 from normally 40 people to 80 people in our quest to be nationwide. We're not quite in all the states, but that was another big investment that we took uh, in 2019 to expand our reach. We, yeah. there's, there's a ton of folks out there that need help, and we just weren't participating in all the states, and, and that, that's part of our investment journey. Yes, and I'm, I'm fortunate because I got to see some of what you do, see the patients that, you know, you, you did give them hope again. Well, I hope so. You know, we, yeah. you know, we have to identify folks that are struggling. That's our, that's our big challenge, and that's why we've engaged with your organization to help us find better ways to refine our techniques in our, our discovery, if you will. We call it detective work, our discovery of uh, the evidence necessary so that we can, you know, bring our solution to uh, patients that are suffering. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. And Jonathan, maybe you can help us, you know, talk about your passion to help patients. But didn't you tell me that sometimes the doctors and the PTs, the, the uh, PT stands for physical therapists, those folks don't always want your help. Isn't that weird? What's, what's up with that? Well, I don't know if they don't want it. 
but they're busy guys, yeah. right? So they have a yeah, hundred things they could do and time to do around 10 of those things. And so they're always prioritizing. And like you mentioned, not every patient is ideal for us, right? Most people get better with physical therapy. You know, after a surgery, you go to physical therapy, you know, sometimes a month, sometimes three months. Most people get better, but there's a certain percentage, five to 15% that won't get better. That's Why not? not? It's a lot of reasons. I mean, but five to 15% of people, for whatever reason, even when given the highest quality care, their knee will just not gain its range of motion back. You mm -hmm. can sometimes almost feel it on day one. You came in, you try to bend the knee, and it feels like bending a piece of iron. And you know you're kind of in a in a situation where this is going to be a, a long haul for this person. Yeah. And, you know, people go to therapy two, three times a week at max, and sometimes they just need a little bit more. So that's when we kind of step in and deploy an at-home program that's highly effective, right? We, we get 90% of the people better. 90%. 90% of people better who don't respond to therapy. So these aren't everybody. These are people who failed everything else. Right. So we're 90% successful on people who have had no success whatsoever. So let me make sure. So, so typically they had surgery on a joint, a knee, a shoulder, an ankle, an elbow, and then they went into physical therapy after the surgery. And um, for what, a few weeks? Six, seven weeks? Typically it's six weeks okay. to, you know, 10 weeks before we get involved. Okay. So typically you're going to, you're going to do six weeks of physical therapy. And if yeah. you're not seeing the progress you would expect, because everybody follows a normal progress when, when, when it's an outlier, then our sales representative works with the therapist, works with the physician to identify that patient and get all the necessary paperwork for, you know, insurance and get that patient set up at home. And then we monitor the patient over the course of two to three months, however long they need it, okay. until they get their range of motion back. And then, you know, they can move on with their therapy. They go back to work, they can, they can lift up their grandchildren, they can do whatever, right? Well, this is why range of motion is so important. It's the rate limiting factor, right? If you can't, I used to be a therapist. I was a therapist for 10 years. I used to use this product in my clinic all the time. So you're a believer. Uh, a huge believer, right? Yes. This is one of the only things I deployed outside of my care when I was practicing. And the thing about range of motion is, is it's the rate limiting factor. You can't get your strength back until you can bend your knee. You can't walk normal until you can bend your knee. Yes. So really after they get done with our device, they're doing the rest of their therapy for their recovery. So that's, that's what's so important about range of motion. It, it stops everything from progressing. I remember because I had both of, well, I've had both of my knees scoped, arthroscopic surgery, and uh, one of them twice. I can't remember which one it is. But I was always very, uh, very into the physical therapy. I made sure I'd, I went to the physical therapy sessions and I made sure I did the exercises at home. And I never had to use a device to regain my range of motion. So it's interesting that, that a lot of people need that extra and that you get such great results. For a therapist or a physician who has a patient that's not responding, it can be extremely frustrating, right? Mm -hmm. Because that patient you know, comes in and they're frustrated and you're frustrated yes. and your, your hands are tied. So mm -hmm. we come in and rescue those patients and get those results, which are you know, important to the physician, important to the, the PT, but also very, very important for the patient, obviously, because they're sitting yeah. at home and you can take six to eight months out of your life waiting on your knee to bend again. Oh my goodness. 
And of course, uh, you know, if you got injured at work, that time that you're not at work is, it's just costing the entire system a whole bunch of time and, uh, or money and uh, frustration. And so, of course, an individual that's been injured on the job, you know, they want to get back to work as quickly as possible, particularly in today's environment. Oh, and of yes. course, that employer, you know, yeah. is, is um, you know, trying to figure out how to operate their business without their employee that's got experience. So there's a, what we can do is, is um, pretty dynamic in terms of the number of different constituents that we can touch and bring value to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we focus singularly on the individual that's frustrated, if you will, at that moment. So, right. So, and, and, and as Jonathan alluded to, you know, those folks that are just not responding, the alternative is, is um, potentially devastating. You know, the, the, there, there's the notion of just giving up giving up can you imagine giving up because you didn't know that there was potentially another solution or uh, a more traditional um, solution is uh, you know some type of revision surgery or manipulation under anesthesia things that could reset the time clock in terms of your recovery process so and cost a lot more and cost a lot more and, and, and it's risky you know it's just right. risky so, so we think we have a very valid or, or pretty pretty solid value proposition our challenge is communication and, and awareness and, and that's what we why did we deploy sales professionals and we call them patient care representatives to work with uh, those physical therapists and those docs to identify those patients that, that might qualify for our program and yeah. if we can do that uh, effectively then uh, we can bring smiles to a lot of people's faces yeah and as one who, who was fortunate enough to work with your sales team members your care team it's, it's really amazing how they really do care they really want these people to get their life back and they're really into that, and that's that's just huge. It's awesome. Thank you. But COVID happened. COVID happened. Wow. And, and as you can imagine, as we've described, Jonathan and I, our 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 process of identifying folks that are struggling is it's really intimate. It's a intimate process. You know, we work in physical therapy offices, orthopedic surgeons' offices, um, identifying patients, having dialogue with patients, and when COVID hit, of course. That all got disrupted. Um, the the notion of going in to see your PT, well, even if you wanted to do that, even if you had the desire to do that, the will to do that, it was disrupted because most PT offices were closed. And of course, elective surgeries declined by ninety six percent in the April May timeframe post uh, you know post the shutdown. So uh-huh. that really disrupted what we were doing uh, and forced us to think about more investments. You know, how would we become you know innovative in terms of spending our marketing dollars and and investing in our sales organization. I think it's interesting that we actually contracted with Sandler in the midst of the pandemic. Yeah, what were you thinking? That was kind of crazy. I think we were, well, we we knew there would be a solution. We didn't know how long it would take. And so we, we, by making that investment at that moment, when our people had some bandwidth and some time, that, that would be a good, good use of our uh, resources. And, And so we, we took a flyer on that one and, uh, that was probably the best decision we ever took. Does it? Well, you made a lot of investments in your sales team, and also in your in your. Uh, you, I forget what you call it, but the, the people who then take it from the reps. Yeah. So, so one of the things we did in twenty at the end of twenty eighteen was we t- sort of took a landscape. You know, we need to significantly increase our reach, which is going to cost some money. But that's just one piece of the puzzle. Was when you add a sales professional, it's all the mm-hmm. infrastructure associated with adding an individual into your organization. And, and so we looked at the whole capability piece. 
we didn't actually have dedicated capability managers. You know, okay, folks. That's that, what I was looking yeah. for. Capability managers. Well, yeah. not just that, but the people that wake up in the morning and, and go to bed at night thinking about you know having a, a group of folks that they're responsible for. And I'm, my job is to coach and train them. You know, our district ma- supporting our district managers, who of course their job is to run the business in their particular market, right. and then putting an operations team in place to help with human resource processes outside of capability and, uh, you know, how you run incentive programs and how you make sure, and then a marketing team to make sure that you're taking advantage of these opportunities so that we can get our message out. Um, all that infrastructure and then, and, then, and then the last mile for us is after we get an authorization to deploy our solution to a patient's home, you have to get it into the patient's home. And that's not easy um, because that requires training and it's very um, there's protocols associated with that I can uh, imagine. With joint commission and you know we yeah. have to have a lot of uh, a proper and appropriate paperwork and uh, so all those things come into play if you want to be what we call scalable professional in a compliant healthcare organization and and that's just a, a quick story on some of those investments that we've made so so Jonathan what does the future look like for ERMI and for the patients that you help yeah so uh, the future looks like what it looks like now, but in a lot more places. Like Gil said, you know, we sell into a, a very difficult environment, and, and I always like to call it simple but very complex. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stakeholders. So you mm-hmm. have, you know, insurance payers. You have the patient, of course, that's the most passionate about it. You have the physical therapist or the occupational therapist who treats them on a daily basis, who sees them. You have the physician who, who dictates all the care. And all these people may be separated or not even know each other. Um, and so we've been putting systems in place to integrate ourselves into the healthcare environment as opposed to just being an outsider. And that's really what the future for us is. We just brought on a new product um, in cold therapy, right, to, to start putting on patients right after surgery, right? So we're there from the continuum of care as opposed to um, identifying those patients on the back end right, when sometimes it may be too late because it just yeah. didn't cross the mind of the physician or the therapist, mm. right? We've, we've set up systems in place such as, you know, Sandler, right, to identify all the pain points and how those guys think and, and align all those incentives because, like you alluded to earlier, sometimes, you know, not everybody has the pain point that's in the best interest of the patient, not intentionally, but just almost by accident. So we need to understand that and understand our customers and become really part of the system. We're also um, launching a mobile application to continuously monitor patients at home, right, and communicate that back to all the stakeholders so everybody's on the same page. That's a great idea, using technology in that way. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it's really about integrating ourselves and becoming part of the healthcare system instead of thinking about it in a way of selling into the healthcare system, right? We are part of the patient care process. Right. And you mentioned all these different stakeholders, the insurance companies, of course, the patient themselves, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, the MD. The nurse case manager. Yeah. yeah. It goes on and on. But while you're saying all those things, I kept thinking also there's got to be others, like, for example, the HR people at the patient's company, right? I mean, they're interested in this too, right? they got a big stake in this. Uh, absolutely. Risk man- yeah. Risk management. Uh, yeah. It, it just goes on and on. And, and and you know Jonathan's picked up on, a, on an important word this word system and, and um, I'm stealing it now so it's gonna become my word um, <laughs> Great. Yeah, because it's about how you how you can connect all those dots you know how mm-hmm. can you draw a string through all those important people and make sure that they're 
appropriately understand the implications of the other person in that chain and and the value that we can ultimately bring yeah and you know the one commodity that i always fall back on is we save time at the end of the day we save time and and that's the that is the most precious of all commodities is time it is you know can i can i have more time enjoying myself on the weekends when i finally get some time off can i enjoy my grandkids can i can I enjoy the opportunity to get up in the morning and go to work again? All those things are so important, but it, it, it's just, it's the time is the, is the, if you will, the common yeah. commodity here. And I can't help but think about what you said a while ago, Gil, about the patients that just give up, right? They just resign themselves to not having the quality of life they used to have, not having the job they used to have maybe, not being able to do the things that they used to be able to do, and they're willing to give that up. Which is, you know, our tagline is free to move again, free to live again. If you're free to move again, then you're free to live again. And wh- however you define yeah. your life. Well, what you're doing is great, great stuff and really good for the common good, really good for individuals that need to get their life back. Really awesome. So I got to ask you guys, Gil and Jonathan, if, if, uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you and ask questions, engage with you all, what's the best way to do that? You can reach out via our website at info at ermy-motion.com or my direct email at j.shaw at ermy-motion.com okay and ermy is e-r-m-i just like it sounds right so it's uh website is ermy-motion.com and jonathan your email is j.shaw s-h-a-w at ermy-motion.com correct yes sir best way to do it all right also and listeners you can always go on the business radio x website and find this information as well so yeah guys uh, this is great stuff you're doing and i'm glad we got a chance to talk with you today i'm going to talk to callie now but if y'all want to interject anytime you want that's cool that's Th- cool thanks al Sounds so good. again this is al simon with sandler training by simon inc and this is simon says let's talk business on business radio x callie d'angelo Senior Director of Membership Services and Small Business Initiatives at the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, and that is a mouthful. <laughs> it is. It's like the longest title. There's me and one other guy, and we're in competition for, the, for who can have the longest title at the chamber. You probably need, <laughs> you need a business card that's like twice as big as a normal card. You this get is it all true. In. Yeah. And initiatives is really hard to spell as well, so that kind of throws a loop in it. There you go. <laughs> But you've been at the chamber a while now, and you do a great job with small with the small business programs. Thank you. I, I mean, so tell us a little bit about about the Gwinnett Chamber and your role in it. So I've been with the Gwinnett Chamber about seven years, and our mission is really simple: to champion business. And I know it's so simple, it kind of sounds trite, but that's what we are here for. And our mission, we are an advocate and a resource for businesses to connect and thrive, and we do that in a variety of ways. So for the sake of time, I'll just kind of hit the high notes today. So one of the ways we do that is through networking opportunities. And we have close to 300 programs a year. Um, so we're a very active chamber that provides a lot of opportunities for folks to get together and network. And even today in this digital world um, that we find ourselves in sometimes, relationships are still at the core of business building. So that's one of the main things that we do. And that's actually one of the, one of the most cited benefits of membership as well. That, that almost 300 programs a year, that puts you at the top, right? In, I mean, in the top tier, like the top four or five chambers worldwide, right? 
yes, we like to say in the galaxy. In the galaxy, <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're very I'm not busy. sure about the galaxy, but yeah, <laughs> yes. certainly in the known world. There you go. Yeah. Yes, we are very active. Okay, and you uh, had a glitch when COVID hit in terms of okay, what do we do now? But y'all recovered quickly, and you're and you've got programs that are that are robust even in a COVID world. Right? Absolutely. So we have strictly online programs, we have in-person programs, and then we have a hybrid programs as well, which are both. And we pivoted very promptly within the next week after March of 2020. We already had pivoted all of our programs to a digital format. That was amazing. Yeah, it did a great job of that. It was. We have great leadership and an awesome team for sure. Yes, you do. And how many members today? We have 2,200 chamber members, and that's organizational members. And about 90% of those have 50 employees or less. So a lot of small businesses. All right. Which is your particular bailiwick is the small business groups right yes that's correct okay so how particularly have you well you and the chamber supported small businesses in the last year in the covid world oh we've done a number of things Um, when it first happened you remember when people were going through and trying to figure out what is an essential business what is not an essential business those fun times so we literally set up a 24-hour call center so (laughs) we had it transferred to our different phones everybody had shifts so we were there on the call center all the time just answering what questions we could and trying to help folks Um, also as soon as it hit what we did is we formed a group excuse me it's pollen not plague we formed a group called the small business resource partner group and it's myself access to capital for entrepreneurs Gwinnett County score North Metro Atlanta and the University of Georgia small business development center Gwinnett yes and what we did out of that group um, as webinar series was born and um, it's underneath the small business series umbrella and we do a lot of different webinars on the stimulus which as we all know changes very frequently so we've mm-hmm. we've done that we've had thousands of people attend so it's it's been really good to connect our small businesses with resources and guidance so you're, you're closely tied to what's going on at the state level and the national level in terms of all this legislation yes Okay, and so you're able to actually explain that in layman's terms to small business owners? Yes, we try our best (laughs) to explain that and help them navigate and work through that. Um, Also, a division of the chamber is public policy and advocacy. Mm -hmm. So we have our finger on the pulse of the business community and what affects them. So we try to keep um, our finger on the pulse and guide our legislators on what would be beneficial for small businesses and all businesses. And I've also noticed that a lot of your programs now are opening back up to in-person. How are you doing that well? Yeah, we've been doing that very well. So we have Strictly Digital for folks that only want the digital experience. We have in-person. And when we do in-person programs, there's guidelines that people have to follow. But the most important thing is basically just capping the attendance. Mm -hmm. So that's dictated by the space size. Yes. Um, so there's all kinds of things in place. You have to get your temperature checked, uh, mask are recommended, just depending on the size of the space and um, a lot of different procedures in place to keep folks safe. And then we also do hybrid events, which is a combination of both of those. And those are particularly popular with our on-topic luncheons as well as our award ceremonies. Um, for like our small business award ceremony, we had, you know, over 100 people online and then we had people in person as well. And we actually stream it. So the people that are online get the same exact experience as the people that are in person. Yes. And as, as a training company, we've been doing hybrid events, too. And we know that's not easy. It's not. <laughs> the technology is uh, quite complicated. And, but y'all, as the, as the weather gets warmer, y'all are also getting outside more often, right? And you can have more people. 
Yes, absolutely. So in April, we have our after hours at um, the city of Sugar Hill, and it's going to be on the lawn. Technically, it's going to be called Business in the Bowl. So mm. we will be outdoors for that event, and we have a variety of different outdoor activities also. Yeah, including the golf tournament. Yes, that's that, true. Uh, that a certain company happens to sponsor. Yes. Not, who, who is that? Maybe actually? Sandler Training by Could Simon. Rings Sam. a bell. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> might be there. Yeah. And do you have openings, by the way, for that? We do. We yeah. do. So we have our Chairman's Club Golf Tournament coming up in June. Okay. And then we have our Fall Classic Golf Tournament that is in October. So we have two different opportunities throughout the year. Okay. And then you have what's called the, the business after hours type thing. Mm-hmm. We have what, once a month or so. Yes, we have after hours every single month. And that's one of our programs that is strictly for networking. So we have those in different locations around the county. We actually have one tonight at Eclipse, Eclipse, excuse me, Gaming Systems, and it's a casino night theme. Hey, hey. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then we'll have our April one, like I mentioned, on the lawn at the city of Sugar Hill. We'll have a taste of event that we're really excited about later in the fall called Savor. So there's a lot of different opportunities and ways to get plugged in. I'm guessing, Callie, that these days, most of your questions you're getting from members is about the stimulus. Is that correct? We do get a lot of questions about that, yes. Okay, so that's that's really where you're focused yourself personally? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's on stimulus mm-hmm. um, and the funding and things like that. And the CARES Act, actually now it's the American Rescue Plan. That's what it's called right now. That, that, that this yeah, I saw that just today, <laughs> yeah, that we changed that name. Yeah, so that's a yeah. lot of stuff that we do. But we also, as a part of our small business series, Um, We have a variety of different topics like e-commerce. We do a marketing masterclass where we have several different marketing professionals that actually coach people on SEO and all kind of good stuff, content creation and social media and LinkedIn. Al will be talking about LinkedIn later this year. Um, So we have a variety of different opportunities as well, aside from the stimulus as a part of our small business series. And then we also have our small business week, which is an annual event. It's going to be in June. Actually, it's a lot of events in a week it's not just one one event Um, but this year we're going to be focusing on procurement as well as the certification process so we'll have an event on how to do business with Gwinnett County and then we'll have a lot of different speakers from the sponsoring organizations for certifications so what does that look like we'll have someone come speak about disadvantaged business enterprise minority-owned businesses women-owned business certifications and why those certifications are important is because it makes you competitive when you're doing bids for government and large um, private companies as well. Okay. Now, do you have to be a member of the Gwinnett Chamber to get the certification? No, we are actually not the certifying organization. So what we do is we provide the education, and you don't have to be a member to attend the event, though we would love everyone to be members. So why wouldn't you be a member? If you want to do business in Gwinnett County, be a member of the Gwinnett Chamber. Absolutely. And you've been a member, what, 19, 20 years? I guess almost 20 years. It is. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was 2002 when you joined. So we appreciate your support. Yeah, well, the, well, the chamber's been great for us, no doubt about it, yeah. so And you did mention that I'm speaking on LinkedIn later in the year in one of your programs for small business. But let's be clear, you've got other experts that speak on LinkedIn. My particular expertise is on using LinkedIn to sell. That's which is, correct. Which is a major difference. You know, people think, okay, I'm going to get to know how to set up my profile. Well, not so much in my program, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're gonna, 
Yeah, so not so much, but we will have a social media component to our marketing masterclass that Mm. will be later on in the year that will not be sales specific. So we'll have that opportunity as well. We'll have something on customer service. Um, We actually have a gentleman coming to speak who used to be with Chick fil A. So, I mean, Chick fil A is synonymous with customer service. Yes, it is. Yeah, so we have all kinds of different things. Um, In addition to our small business week, we have the small business awards, which is our annual celebration for small business. I mean, as you know, being a small business owner is not for the faint of heart, especially right now. And um, it's more important than ever that we celebrate those who are up to the challenge. Well, I have to tell you, as a small business owner, I think being a member of the Gwinnett Chamber in the last year saved our bacon. I mean, seriously, we we would have been wandering around wondering what to do, what's the best thing to do, how do we we keep our, our clients, how do we get more clients, but the... The programs that you offer, the expertise that you gave us, and we're not the only ones, and a lot of our fellow members will say the same thing. Y'all did an excellent job, and you continue to do a great job in the Gwinnett uh, business community. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We're here for you, and it makes us very happy to know that we've been of assistance. Excellent. So I'm, not, I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners who are going to say, why am I not a member of the Gwinnett Chamber? I need to get with Callie <laughs> and get into this thing. All right. Yes. So what's the best way to do that? Okay, so you can contact me directly if you'd like. And my email address is C-A-L-L-Y at GwinnettChamber.org. Also, we have a dedicated team of about 30 professionals that work at the Chamber of Commerce. All of their contact information is on our website. So you can look and see, um, you know, if there's a specific thing that you're interested in, whether that be talent and workforce, economic development, membership development, young professionals, all kinds of different things. All of our information is online. And that's at GwinnettChamber.org. Yes, correct. Dot org, not dot com. Not dot com, dot org. Okay. And your email address, C-A-L-L-Y. Yes. At GwinnettChamber.org. That's correct. All right. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, great stuff. So as, as always, we'll, we'll end uh, this show today with the Ask Al segment because we have, we have listeners that send in questions, typically on selling. And if, uh, if any of our listeners today has a question you'd like me to answer on the air, send it to my email address, al.simon at sandler.com al.simon at sandler.com send me your question and i just might select it to uh, answer it on our next show the one that we've decided to talk about today is really uh, not a sales tip really it's really about the future of selling in fact that was the question what is the future of the selling profession and i was so glad that the listener actually used the word profession because it's interesting to me from a legacy standpoint in past times uh, people who are in sales fall into one of two categories, or used to, used to fall into one of two categories, and a little bit today still do. One category would be those that are serious about a selling career, truly serious about a selling career, where they invest in themselves and they, and they look to, for, to advance in the, in the world of sales. The other type, though, was maybe even more common, which was the people that were taking a sales job as a stepping stone to what they really wanted to do in life. And, uh, and, that, and that was not, you know, and, and frankly, when I came out of college uh, way back, I'm not going to say when, a long time ago, that was what I was thinking as well. Because I didn't go to school to learn how to sell. Uh, and, uh, and most people don't. There aren't that many colleges and, and universities in the United States that even offers a sales degree. Although Kennesaw State right here in the Atlanta area is one of those colleges that does, by the way. You can get a sales degree there. 
um, one of the few. But uh, people who are looking, uh, who, who get into a sales job because it was a stepping stone to what they really wanted to do, but they couldn't get a position in their chosen profession yet, that tended to really pull us all down. I mean, it, it, it kept the overall caliber of professional really low. And, uh, and then another thing started to happen called e-commerce. And especially in the business-to-consumer world, what we call B2C, e-commerce has impacted the number of sales professionals' jobs that were available. Uh, and it's starting to creep into business-to-business as well, what we call B2B. A lot of the jobs are going to the Internet, basically. And so if you think about that and the fact that a lot of salespeople were only taking the sales job because it was a stepping stone because they couldn't get anything else at the time, You'll see study after study coming out, many have already done so, that say that there are going to be a lot fewer sales positions available in the near future. I mean, we're talking 20 to 30% of what there was only five years ago. Think about that. That means there's going to be fewer true professional sales positions. So who's going to get those? The folks that are serious. The folks that look at selling as a real profession uh, and that really want to do well there, and they want to invest in themselves, build their skill sets, apply themselves, lifelong learner types that are really, really invested in a sales career. And so folks like you, Jonathan, you know, when you're looking at how are you going to fill out your sales team, how are you going to hire, looking toward the future, that's the biggest thing. You know, I, I would ask every candidate in an interview, where do you see yourself? And if they don't see themselves truly embracing the sales profession, I don't think I'd hire them. Frankly, I don't think I would because they're just not into it. And uh, so that's, I see that the future of sales being a lot fewer people in sales jobs, but the people that are going to be there are going to be the real ninjas, the real, real professionals who know what they're doing. And that's the sales tip of the day from Al Simon at Sandler Training by Simon, Inc. This has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business. And so until next time, good selling.